Hey, it's me again. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to smile because the last time I didn't smile very much. So I'm trying to smile more. <laughs> hey, I'm ex- so excited for y'all to hear our speaker for the day. He's one of our own, and uh, I got to meet him during 21 Days of Prayer in January. Came in here and started praying down heaven and giving him prophetic words, and I said, hey, I kind of like this guy. And so it's kind of one of those people that once you get to know him, it's like, okay, this guy's going to be a friend for my, for my whole life. So could we give it up for one of our own? Chris Bracken. <laughs> Appreciate it, Terry. <clears throat> Terry has a habit of like, anytime he mentions your name, you just want to start crying because you see him crying. You're just like, hold it together. You got to make it through one more service. Hold it together. <clears throat> uh, so as uh, Terry mentioned earlier, we had men's conference, men, and it was a blast. We really had a good time. Uh, we had a bunch of games, prizes, and a great word from Pastor Eddie Freeman from Gateway Church. And um, man, it was just such a blessing to be a part of that. But without some really key people stepping up in the leadership roles and, man, just handling all the functions of everything and putting it all together, it, it couldn't have happened. And I know that there are so many lives of men that were touched that night. And so if I call your name, will you stand up if you're in here? Terry Sanders, George Duncan, Chuck Cretion, and Sergio Gutierrez. Y'all give them a hand. Yes. You guys did an awesome job. It was a really good time. Whew, I know the women are excited, man. Yeah, was it November 10th? Yeah. Y'all don't miss that. Y'all, y'all girls are wild over here. <laughs> All right, so and, um, I just also want to thank y'all be having Pastor Nathan and uh, some of the elders, and our, a lot of our leadership is actually out this weekend. So just lift them up in prayer for safe travels. Um, I know they're on Elders Retreat, Casting Vision for 2024, and just getting some refresh time. Pastor Stephanie is absolutely, man, just, just, oh, she's piercing the darkness with light in Brazil right now on missions trips, and I'm so excited for her. And uh, yes, so keep her covered. And Pastor Christian is on a mission with his toes in the sand in Mexico with his beautiful bride right now. Uh, just getting refreshed for everything that, that they do. It's just, it's incredible the capacity that the leadership has here. And it's not just, it's really from their heart because they truly love people. And I know that I had the opportunity uh, this weekend because the love of, out, of, out of Pastor Nathan's heart to want to empower me and then entrust me for this weekend. So I just want to honor them. Speaking of all them, <clears throat> we are in the sermon series, By the Grace of God. All right, and in this sermon series, Pastor Christian started us off with mercy and grace and how we can never, we can never, we just can't give too much mercy. We can't give too much grace. And when we bring it back and we just think about everything that we've received, how we can just love other people so well when we know how well we've been loved when we don't deserve it. Pastor Nathan has covered the last four weeks leading us from salvation into the empowering grace. And then last weekend, Grace empowers us to live on mission. And I don't know about y'all, but through this series, I've been fed so much, and I've just been able to sit down and, and just receive and receive. And man, it's just incredible to listen. Next weekend, so I'm going to give y'all a sneak peek, all right? 
We're going to cover some stuff during this weekend, but next weekend, Pastor Stephanie, coming fresh, hot off the press from Brazil, is going to be digging into even more of it and going into super depth. So do not miss next weekend. It's going to be really, really good. I, I can't, like, I'm, I'm right there, like, <laughs> I'm ready. All right, so that's going to move us into today's sermon. This is going to be week six, and this is going to be the gifts of grace, the gifts of grace. And you break it down, a common word that you'll hear with the gifts of grace is charismatic. So who all in here has heard the word char- charisma, charismatic, somewhere along the lines. So charis, that root word, it's grace. And then the ending of it is, it just depends on how you use it. If it's plural, it's mata, the gifts, or it's being gifted by grace. So if you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are gifted by grace. Every Christian is charismatic. And I just kind of wanted to get it out there and debunk some of the things that <laughs> you, you, you have the charismatics that are like way far this way and, and things are just really weird and it's not a license to be weird. But then you've got the other extreme where they don't even believe in the power of the Holy Spirit in today's life. And there's this very practical application where the Holy Spirit walks with us each and every day and just empowers us to really love and witness beyond our own power. I'm going to shut these waters down so y'all don't have to hear me coughing the whole time. (laughs) All right. So what is charisma and what is not, or what is the gifts of the Spirit and what are they not? Charisma is the instantaneous enablement of the Holy Spirit in the life of any believer to exercise a gift for the edification of others. Plain and simple. Don't nuke it. What spiritual gifts are not, they are not natural talents. They are not only given to an elite few. They are not only for the spiritually mature, and they're not fruits of the Spirit, and they're definitely not something to fear. Anybody, has anybody in here just had like a weird like understanding of the gifts of the Spirit or how they work or how they operate? I, I know it can kind of be like a controversial thing that kind of bounces back and forth sometimes when you're different, visiting different places. Um, but why it's so important to me is I was raised in a denomination that, or in and out of a denomination that they didn't teach the Holy Spirit. They didn't teach uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit and really how they interact with us throughout each and every day. And through that, I kept, I was stuck in this legalistic and religious mindset. And I was honestly, I was frustrated in and out of church because they say that there's this life-changing experience that you have when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And man, they just lead him every day. They walk with him. They talk with him. They hear from him and they just get his guidance. And I'm like, where does this exist? Because I've been visiting churches. I've been trying to do devotions, but my mind was stuck in a religious mindset because I'd never been taught about a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So I was going through a rough season in life and my sister and my brother-in-law kind of took me under their wing and they're like, hey, I know you're frustrated. I know you keep repeating patterns and you can't break free from some of the stuff. Let me, do you mind if we kind of guide you into understanding the gifts of the spirit and how he works and, and really bring the Bible life alive into your life? And I'm like, yeah. But I was going through a hard time and I was like, I, I need that. I need Jesus the way that the Bible says Jesus is. 
And so they walked me through this. And, and when I started understanding the gifts of the spirit and how they work in your heart and how they manifest and, and how you can start to walk through life in your daily life and kind of figure everything out, then it shifted everything. And I was like, oh, yes. Now I'm looking forward to every day when I get to wake up and see what the Holy Spirit has for us today. So y'all, I'm going to get pretty passionate about this service and I'm, I'm greatly thankful that I get the opportunity to talk about it. So we're going to start off in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Ignorant. Don't get offended, but lay the fence down. It doesn't mean stupid. It just means ignorant. If you don't know, you don't know. If you don't know that you don't know, you don't know. But if you do know, you know that you know that you know. <laughs> I do not want you to be ignorant. All right, so spiritual gifts. This word right here is going to be pneumaticos, okay? And that's where we get our word pneumatic from. It means empowered by breath or wind, like a mighty rushing wind. Sound familiar? Pentecost, anybody? All right, so pneumatic. I want you to think about it, guys, and some girls. If, if I've got a set of tools, right, and I've got a board that I'm trying to drive a lag bolt in, and the only thing that I've got is a handheld hex head that is going to fit that bolt, I can sit there and I'm going to crank on it on my own power and crank on it and crank on it. And it's going to get hard and harder and harder until I get to a point to where I can no longer do it under my own power. But then, thank God, somebody invented pneumatic tools that you can hook up to an air compressor <laughs> and you start to get some stuff done. So you can hook up the tools and drive that lag bolt right in and it's no problem. And the context behind that and what God was speaking to me is like, yeah, He's like, when I've given you a job to do, I also gave you the power beyond your own capability to be able to get that assignment done. Okay? So with that, put that in your little back pocket right there. <laughs> We're going to break these up into four categories, all right? There's, there's a bunch of gifts that... People get really confused, so there's some that we're going to go a little deeper into, and then we're not going to go as deep into some. And really, it's just to un kind of untangle the web of confusion that some people have when it's concerning the gifts. All right? So this, thank you, Yvette. Manifestation is going to be our first category in 1 Corinthians 12, and then we're going to go into ministry in Corinthians 14. Motivation out of Romans 12, the ministerial gifts out of Ephesians 4. Okay. Some of y'all just got confused and some of y'all didn't. This right here, Ephesians 4, I put this up here because some people confuse this with the gifts of the Holy Spirit and they are not. All right, so the ministerial gifts in Ephesians 4 is where you're going to find your, five, your five-fold ministry. Right, that's going to be your apostles, your prophets, your evangelists, your teachers, and your preachers. Those are gifts given to the body of Christ by Jesus for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. Okay? Those are not spiritual gifts, though. They are separate. So going into Romans 12, we're going to cover this in like 30 seconds. Y'all ready? <laughs> it lists seven gifts. Prophecy, ministry, teacher, exhortation, gives, leadership, and mercy. It also says, you have been given gifts according to the measure of your faith, according to the measure of Christ Jesus. Okay. So if you have one of the gifts, if you've been given the gift of leadership, it says in Romans 12, get off your butt and lead. If you got the gift of mercy, do it cheerfully. If you're a teacher, teach. You've been given the gifts for the body to use in ministry, whether it's, 
within the four walls of the institutional church or whether it's in the marketplace that is still the church, right? We're not confined to just the building. We are the church in every aspect of our life. Amen. All right. Boom. Romans 12 out. All right, let's get into 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This is where we're going to spend the majority of our time this morning. Starting with verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. All right, let me make this clear. You're all in each. Everybody's in each. You're also all in all. So if you're in each, raise your hand. If you're in all together, raise your hand. Okay. So the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. All right. So we just listed the nine manifestational gifts in 1 Corinthians 12. These gifts are distributed by the Holy Spirit as he wills. You don't get to own one. You don't get to say, I have this, 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 and that. All right. The Holy Spirit will move in all of these in each of us, as he, the opportunity for ministry comes available. Does that make sense? All right. <clears throat> so this is going to lead us into point number one. Discover your gifts. You can't operate in gifts that you don't know exist or that you don't know what they are or how they work, right? Okay. So we're going to dig into some of these. And we're going to break these nine gifts up into three categories. The discerning gifts, the declarative gifts, and the dynamic gifts. The discerning gifts. Y'all are going to see me rolling through this pretty fast because I'm on a time limit. <laughs> Got to honor Pastor Nathan. Let's go. First one's going to be the word of knowledge. This is to know something specific without having learned it by natural means. And with the word of knowledge... You'll see uh, one good example of this is in John chapter 4 with Jesus and the woman at the well. And in John chapter 4, first, well, first we need to clarify that when Jesus came, he laid down his divinity in humanity. And then when he was baptized, he received the Holy Spirit and it descended upon him like a dove. And then the father acknowledged his son and said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. So yes, Jesus was God and Jesus was man, but Jesus laid down his divinity and came in the flesh and operated out of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit as an example for us to show us how to do it. So with the woman at the well, everybody kind of knows the story where he he gets there and he's talking to this lady and they're kind of going back and forth after he asked her for a drink and he's like, well, you know, I can give you a drink that you'll never thirst afterwards. And she's like, let me get some of that. He's like, all right, go get your husband. And then she's like, "Uh, I don't have a husband. And Jesus receives a word of knowledge. And he's like, you're right. You don't have a husband. In fact, you've had five. And the guy that you're with now ain't your husband. And so she actually took that instead of getting offended. And she's like, this guy must be the Messiah. He knows everything about me. And she takes off and just starts ministering to everybody in the city. 
This is another more of a modern time. This happens all the time, like at least for me, like when I'm ministering to somebody. We had a, a young man in a young adults group a few years back that he was he was engaged and he had a fiance and he just came in one night, just all hot and bothered. And he was just like, man, I don't know if this is going to work out. I don't know if, if, if she's what I need or if we're meant to be together and yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, man, what is going on? They have a good relationship. And all of a sudden, bloop, I get this picture in my head and he's sitting in a room and I can see like the dark room and I can see like the, the ambience of a TV screen on his face. And I instantly knew the Holy Spirit told me that he had a porn addiction that he had developed. And I had a relationship with him at that point close enough to be like, hey, man, are you, are you struggling with porn? And he's like, wide-eyed. He's like, yeah, I actually am. I'm like, when did you start having issues in your relationship? And he's like, looks down. Okay, answers that question. And I was like, so do you think that when you're looking at the bondage of other women, that it's not going to filter you the way that you see your fiance as an object instead of seeing her as the daughter of God that she truly is. And then caring for her the way that you're supposed to as a man under God's covering. And he was like, yeah. So we were able to sit down and pray and break him free from that. And pretty sure they're married now. It's been a few years, but um, that's one example. All right. We're going to move into a word of wisdom. That is a divine answer or solution for a particular event. And we can find an example of this in John chapter 9, verse 29. We know that God spoke to Moses, for this fellow, we do not know where he is from. And well, let me back up. To put this in context, Jesus had just healed a man who was born blind. And this is significant because up to that point in time, nobody had ever been healed of blindness that was born blind. There were some reports of when somebody was born, they had sight and then they lost their vision and then they got healed. And in this situation right here, this, this, this is stirring up in the town and it's causing problems. And the Pharisees are looking to hunt this down and they're like, uh, Man, did he really do it? Because this has never been done before. And now they're looking for information from an uneducated man to try to get info out of him so that they can now manipulate it and discredit Jesus's ministry and what he's doing. We know that God spoke to Moses as for this fellow. I love the fact that he calls Jesus like the son of God fellow. This fellow, (laughs) we do not know where he is from. The man answered and said to them, why, this is a marvelous thing that you do not know where he is from, yet he has opened my eyes. Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of the one who was born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. This is when an uneducated guy that just gets healed and the Holy Spirit departs a word of wisdom into him. So not only does he receive credit or give Jesus the credit for him actually doing it, but he does it in such a way to where the Pharisees can't manipulate the information to discredit what God is doing in his life. Sound familiar? All right. So this next one's going to be discerning of spirits. 
That is to be made aware of the presence of a demonic spirit. Just kidding. Go back. All right. In this one, Acts chapter 16, and this is when Paul is walking with Silas, and there is this woman that keeps yelling out, these men are the servants of the, the most high God. And she keeps doing it over and over and over again. And Paul's dealing with it and he's dealing with it. And she's got the right words, but she's got the wrong spirit. She had a spirit of divination. The Holy Spirit downloads that to Paul and he tells him, and it says in the verse that Paul was greatly annoyed. Like Paul's done. He's ticked at this point. He's like, girl, I've been hearing you for like two days. I'm over it. And you're not going to mess with my ministry. You're not going to distract me from what I'm doing. In Jesus name, get out of her right now. And boof, she's delivered. All right, now we're going to break this going and going even further. So I love this story, and actually, I actually got a new little nugget when I was studying it this time. And I love the fact that, so this woman was a fortune teller. And so she was actually being manipulated and making money for other men through her fortune telling. But she's also oppressed by the spirit, so she's not getting out of it. When Paul delivers her, she gets set free, and then she goes on. They stop losing profit. They get all hot and bothered, and then they bring Paul before the magistrates, and he's like, these guys are a problem. This is what they're doing. We need to throw them in jail and get rid of them. All right? Now, before this time, I don't know why I didn't catch this before, but I always remembered Paul and Silas singing praises in prison. And I'm like, okay, cool, man. They just, they just love God that much. It doesn't matter what's going on. They love Jesus, and they're going to praise him. And then he highlighted this to me. When they went before the magistrates and they threw him in prison, Paul and Silas were singing because they know that the town they just walked in, they just delivered a woman from a demonic spirit, and it caused such a ruckus the power in Jesus's name that it was starting to break strongholds in the area, which is what they came there to do. So even though they were getting persecuted in prison, they were like, she got delivered. We're breaking strongholds because God is working beyond their current circumstances. What normally we would be like, dude, that sucks. And he's like, nah, you don't see things spiritually yet. God is moving in this place. And then the cool thing about it is, is that when she got delivered in the spiritual, what happened in the spiritual manifested in the natural, because as they were singing praises for God breaking strongholds in the area through her deliverance, the earthquake came and it started shaking and their shackles fell off. And then the jailer is running to Paul and Silas like, I don't know what you guys got, but I want some. How do I get saved? And then so the jailer's whole family ends up getting saved and Paul and Silas get set free. Don't let your circumstances define what your obedience to God is doing. All right. Here, we'll put this in a little, <laughs> little, little modern text, all right? So let's, let's just make up a name, Karen, who happens to be the president of an HOA. And she likes to measure your yard with a ruler. And if you're a quarter inch, your grass is a quarter inch too long, you're getting that lovely little ladder 
to let you know that your grass could be better. Yay. All right. So Karen goes to church one morning, and as, as Karen goes to church, and she's all just struggled with some things her whole life, but afterwards, she goes over, and she's going to lunch, and she sees Mr. Bob, who sits on the right side, second row, third chair from the right. All right? Well, for whatever reason, Mr. Bob isn't with his family that day. And she catches Mr. Bob checking out a waitress in a way that she, he shouldn't. He said, uh-uh, nah, nah-uh, I saw that. Mm-mm. Charlene, you just see Mr. Bob checking out this old girl over here. Nuh-uh, he married, he knows better. He goes to church. No, uh-uh. You better call Betty Sue and let her know. We got Mrs. Bob's back. Yeah. All right. Maybe Karen's been praying for a gift because she actually wanted a more intimate relationship. But when the Holy Spirit highlighted an opportunity for her to do that, she had some freedom issues and was still wrapped up in bondage. So she chose a different way. And then that gift, that opportunity got manipulated for the wrong kingdom. All right, I heard a pastor say this before where if God inhabits our praise, who inhabits gossip? Who are you putting on the throne in that moment? So let's look at it from the different context. So when Miss Karen gets free from all this and she's serving the Lord with all her heart and she's yielding to the Holy Spirit and the guidance of the Holy Spirit and she says, man, I want to get closer to you. Are are these gifts real? Can I really operate in these? And what happens is, is now she sees Mr. Bob checking out this, this waitress that he ain't got no business checking out. And she says, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh, spirit of lust, I bind you in the name of Jesus. And I stand against every spirit that's coming against Mr. Bob, Mrs. Bob, the Bob's children, their house and their assignment in the kingdom of heaven. And they start intercessing. And then from there, it shifts. Conversations sound real different when you're yielding to the Holy Spirit versus when you're still looking for freedom that you don't even know you need out of. All right. I'm on a time limit, y'all. I can't do this all day. All right. So going into number two, the the declarative gifts, all right? All three of these, we're going to cover prophecy, tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. And we're going to bring some clarity and kind of untangle this a little bit, all right? So for all three of these gifts, these are for the edification, the encouragement, and the comfort of others, not correction. Because a lot of people are real quick to be like, thus says the Lord, da-da-da-da-da, or God told me, hold on, because my word, my Bible says to test the spirits. So when I get a word from somebody, I'm going to take it to the Bible and I'm going to take it to what Jesus says about it. And I'm going to take it to what the Holy Spirit tells me because I've got a relationship with them and I can hear them and I can know whether this is a good word or not. And if I'm confused about it, I can ask for confirmation outside of the context of this situation. Edification, encouragement, and comfort for others. Prophecy is a message of encouragement from God through a person. All right, this can come in in many different forms, all right? This can come in dreams. They can come in visions. If you're old, they're dreams. If you're young, it's visions. That's what the word says. I'm just saying. Terry, you've been dreaming a lot. No, I'm just kidding, brother. I love you. (laughs) So, um, 
And it, it's, it's really, you, you kind of have to learn how to yield to the Holy Spirit and how he works in your life. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 31. For you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be encouraged. Okay, there's that word all again. We're, we're all, all. You can all prophesy one by one that all may learn. And here's, here's a learning curve, okay? You, you, it's it's kind of like spiritual puberty where you're just awkward, like you're kind of gangly, you get hair in your armpits and your voice is all cracking. Everybody remember that stage of life where it's like, this sucks. <laughs> but as you're learning the gifts, right, it, you kind of go through this awkward stage of, ah, do I trust it? Do I not? Do I take the risk? Do, do I pray for somebody? How, how does this work? And you don't know until you start taking those risks and, and allowing him to work that out in you. So <laughs> I got to cover this, our, our first prophetic, <laughs> my, the first time that I took that risk was when I was kind of under the covering of my brother-in-law and my sister, and, and I was like, man, this stuff's got to be real, like, I'm, I'm going to try it. And there was a situation where we were driving, me and Mariah were on a road trip, and our car broke down in Texarkana, and in Texarkana, um, we, we couldn't fix it because it was like eight grand to fix it. And we're just like, we don't have that. And I remember dealing with this guy who was very genuine. He was young and just a super sweet kid. And uh, he actually let us go back for like three weekends, diagnose the issues, fix the issues in the dealership parking lot. And then we were able to drive it home when we were done. And I was just so, it laid it on my heart as we were up there going up there to pick the car up for the last time. And I was like, God, man, this, this kid is just, he's been so good to us. Like, can you give me a word for him? Can I try this out if this stuff is actually really real? And I just got a yes. I'm like, ooh, I think that was a yes. I'm not sure, but I'm going to go with it. And so we get there, and we meet the guy. We get the keys, and we're just talking to the guy. Well, he ends up going to the bathroom, and Mariah's standing there by me. I was like, babe, I think I got a word. I think I got a word. She's like, oh, really? What is it? I was like, I don't know yet. Yeah. I just got a yes, but I'm going to give it to him. And she's like, how are you going to give him a yes? And I'm like, I don't know, but we're going to try it. And if it doesn't work out, I'm never coming back to this dealership and everything's good. <laughs> so she's like, okay. And I'm like, all right, great. You ready? She's like, no. And I'm like, what do you mean? No. And she's like, uh, I can't do this. I'm like, what do you mean you can't do this? She's like, you're going to get us kicked out of here. This is weird. And she's like, I believe in it, but I don't know. And she's stuttering back and forth, bless her heart. <laughs> and she, dude, she takes off across the parking lot. It's like 50 yards away. She's running across the parking lot. She jumps in the car that we came in, and she's like hiding behind the steering wheel like a little gopher. Like, they're not going to see us. We're going to get out of here. This is so weird. And so I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> plan B. <clears throat> so I'm sitting up here, and I'm talking with this guy, and I'm like, Hey man, I just, I really appreciate your kindness. And I don't know if you believe in God or not, but do you mind if I pray for you? And at this point, I, I still have nothing other than a yes. And he's like, yeah, man, that's cool. We used to go to church, but it got real like rules and regulations. And it was ran like a business and we just, we ended up getting out of it. But yeah, you can pray with me. I was like, all right, awesome. So I'm like, all right, God. Whew. I just started kind of loving on the guy. Lord, I lift up this guy and whatever his name, Jim Bob. <laughs> lift up Jim Bob to you and... Lord, I just, I thank you for his kindness. And, and when I said that, I heard family. I'm like, and Lord, I just, I want to lift up his family. But as soon as I said the word family, I heard the word mom. And I was like, okay. 
And man, I just want you to know that um, like whatever's going on between your family and with your mom. And as soon as I heard the word mom, I heard the word drugs. I was like, okay, it's getting heavy now. And there may have been a drug issue there. And then, man, it's just like in a split second, God said, I see him. I love him. He is my son. And I want to heal this wound in his heart. And I'm just like, yeah, okay. And God wants you to know that he loves you. He sees you and he wants to heal that wound in your heart. And in Jesus' name, amen. (laughs) So I'm looking at him. He's looking at me. He's still looking at me. I'm looking at him. And I'm like, hey, man, it's it's, it's cool. (laughs) If it didn't work out, like, I may have missed the mark. In my head, I'm like, I should have went with Mariah. (laughs) And (laughs) so as we're doing this, he looks up, and then all of a sudden, his eyes start to water. And I'm like, what just happened? And he says, no, man. He said, please, like, you just hit the nail on the head. He said, actually, I lost my mom as a child. She ended up in prison for 23 years due to a drug addiction in her lifestyle. She got out and moved here this week in hopes to build a relationship with me, and I've been scared to death. From that moment, I was hooked. I knew it was real. Now, he's crying. I'm crying. We're both two grown men crying in the middle of the Ford dealership parking lot. I can see Mariah's head barely over the steering wheel. So we were able to break ways and move on, and he, uh, I ran over to Mariah, and I was just excited. I was like, you missed it, you missed it, you missed it. And she's like, did it happen? I'm like, yeah, it happened, and yeah, he showed up, and yeah, it's real. Like, this opened up a whole other chapter to our lives. And ever since that day, we just get to walk around each and every day going like, what are we doing, Holy Spirit? What's up today, man? And I don't care whether it's at work, whether it's in business, whether you're going to the grocery store, you see things spiritually, and it's always like, what are you doing, God? Who are you going to love beyond my own capability today? And I get to be a part of it. Oh, man, we are not doing good on time. (laughs) All right, that's prophecy. The next one's going to be tongues. A message from God in a language unknown to the person through whom the message comes. All right, so with this one, Tongues can, it can get real confusing, okay? But let's just break it down pretty basic. So there is a spiritual language that I have when I'm praying and when I'm worshiping, okay? It's not a requirement. You don't have to have it. But um, when I'm worshiping, it's just, it's a relationship between me and God and going through tongues, all right? Then you've got tongues like what happened at Pentecost when you can minister in tongues in another tongue in another language that you do not know that the Holy Spirit will prompt if you allow him to, to minister to somebody else that doesn't know your language. Make sense? Okay. So then we move on to the next one where it happens with the interpretation of tongues, understanding and expressing the thought or the intent of the message in tongues. All right. So this one is more in a corporate setting like in church. Okay. And I've only seen this actually happen once. And in the context of this, the Holy Spirit will prompt somebody and they'll speak in the prayer language. And then he also prompts in somebody else the ability to interpret what the message is saying for the edification of the church. Okay? So that's kind of splitting that up and breaking it up to where it's a little, little easier to understand. At least it was for me. And then Paul, due to the 
Due to the abuse of the, the gifts of the Spirit in Corinth at the time, he actually corrects the use of tongues and prophecy in church, both inside of it and to the unbeliever. Okay, so within the church, he says, I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. Okay, so what's going on here is within the church and the abuse of it, they are, there's a shift where um, they're abusing it and they think they're more spiritual and they're putting on a show. And he's like, no, that ain't going to fly. I'd rather that you prophesy it. And, and here's why is because if an unbeliever walks in and there's a bunch of people speaking in tongues and they're just like having a great time and all they hear is like, put another shrimp on the Bobby. And they're like, y'all are tripping. Like I'm out, like I'm done. Like I came here, but no, I'm not doing part of that. But with prophecy, it, 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 it says in the word in Corinthians where if you prophesy to an unbeliever, the contents of his heart will be exposed. And when they are exposed, he'll fall on his face and proclaim the presence of God is in this place. Because it's for what? The edification, the exhortation, and the comfort. Moving into our final one, the dynamic gifts. Faith. Faith is a supernatural impartation of belief and confidence for a specific situation. Real simple. You know that you know that you know that you know that you know. Whatever situation it is, you know God's got you. You know somehow he's going to go through it. And it's a supernatural empowerment to believe that God is going to work in it. And ain't nobody going to tell you anything else. Gifts of healings. Plural, gifts of healings. A supernatural endowments of divine health. These can be broken up into usually three categories. You've got physical, you've got medicinal, and then you've got miraculous. And physical is emotional, mental, uh, all of it, okay? The working of miracles. That's a divine intervention that alters our natural circumstances. Who in here has ever witnessed a miracle? All right, we got some hands. All right, who in here has been saved by Jesus Christ? Committed their life to the Lord. Awesome. Okay, let's ask this question again. Who in here has ever been seen a miracle? Who in here is safe? You guys get where I'm going with this? The simple fact that you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior is a miracle. You're walking, living miracles. Intervention that alters our natural circumstances. Before I met Jesus, my natural circumstances was bondage and going to hell. But now, man, I got a life that I'll never give up. I ain't looking back. And I know where I'm going for eternity, amen? It's supposed to be point number two, develop your gifts. But earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, profits me nothing. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they'll fail. Whether there's tongues, they'll cease. Whether there's knowledge, they'll vanish. Oof. 
For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in the mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am also known. And now abide in faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. If you're going through this process and you wonder, is this the Holy Spirit? Is this me? Am I just being weird? Is it delivered in love? Does love fill your heart to where it outpours through a prompting of the Holy Spirit beyond your capability to love somebody else? All the gifts will ultimately point to the ultimate gift, which is Jesus. We're also called to deploy your gifts. It doesn't do any good just to discover them and develop them if you don't actually use them. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also that you also love one another. But this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Jumping over to Mark. Later he appeared to the 11 as they sat at the table and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Not they might recover. It's not about you. It's about who he is. They will recover. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, and he, received, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. In life, we're not just called to know the Bible, not just called to know the word, not just called to show up at church, but there's accompanying signs that will follow him. Why? because you yield to the Holy Spirit and somebody else gets introduced to Jesus because they see power what is beyond your own capability and it's got to come from somewhere else. When they do that, they want to know, where do you get this from? Oh man, let me tell you all about it. And then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit starts working in them when they get saved and they get to start finding freedom and when they get to start finding freedom, they let go of all the pains and the traumas and the hurt and get all that stuff out of their system so that they can see clearly and they're walking in a heavier relationship with the Holy Spirit, more yielded to him, they get connected to a purpose. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. My purpose isn't just to make money. It's, it's not, not to be X, Y, Z, whatever you want to call it. But now, whether you've got a job, whether you've got a business, whether no matter where you walk, you bring heaven into that space with you. You bring the Holy Spirit into that space with you. And now you're looking for every opportunity to let God's love flow through you to somebody else so that they find Jesus, get their freedom, they get connected to purpose and make a difference so that they can experience what you experienced in him. Don't go without it if, man, you're missing out. Our lives should reflect him 
His life was miraculous. When he came down in the flesh empowered by the Holy Spirit, he lived a life of miracles. He moved on the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Apostles, same thing. Disciples, same thing. So if your life, if you're questioning, you're like, man, I don't have that in my life. Talk to the Holy Spirit about it. If you don't know Jesus, we'll have a prayer team up here in a minute. Come talk to them. He's tugging at you. He's pricking some things right now. Let me pray for you guys. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit. I thank you for what you're doing this morning in the hearts of each and every one of these men and women. Father, if, 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 if they need a reminding of the power of your Holy Spirit in their lives, Father, remind them. Talk to them, speak to them. Show them what their gifts are, why they have their gifts. And Lord, how to use their gifts as they step into the destiny that you have for them. That we're not settling for anything less than what you have for us because (laughs) you are the great I am. Lord, I thank you for showing me your gifts and the empowerment. When I had stage four cancer, when there was no hope, when hospice was in my room, and because somebody yielded to the Holy Spirit, they came in and anointed me with oil. Lord, they laid hands on me. Lost 100 pounds, tubes coming out of everything. It was a wrap. I was done. But then you showed up. After six months of no hope, I was discharged in three weeks and they haven't found a spot of cancer on me since. The gifts are alive and well and he wants to do the same thing in your life. Lord, we love you. We praise your name. In Jesus' name, amen.